anxiety. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light 'em up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is August the twenty second, ah, two thousand and eleven. All day long, yep. <laughs> or I think I'm sorry. I just drank a half a gallon of coffee for some reason. I can't sleep these days. I think it was that nightmare I had about Rick Perry. Be afraid, folks. Be very afraid. Fear him. Never mind. Everywhere we hear on the radio that we live in a culture of fear, fear, fear. What nonsense! Ah,、uh, <laughs> we are not afraid. No. Why on earth would we be afraid? Ah,、uh, never mind. I got a phone call from. KPFA's own Veronica Faisant. She called to remind me that this Friday is Women's Equality Day. I put a note on my calendar. I plan to be equal all day on Friday. Of course, what we have to remember is that equal is not the same. That is the most incredibly ah.、Uh, Simple concept. I remember trying to explain it to adolescents, high school kids. You know, equal is not the same, and ah,、uh, ah, it was just not going over. I remember some old pedant.、Um, I think it was Virginia Woolf. She said, she said, men, men don't think they measure. And I thought, oh, that's mean. That's it. Unkind thing to say, and then I thought about it. She was talking about all these old professors. She said, with a measuring rod up their sleeve, right?、Uh, <laughs> Listen to the boys in Congress, and I think there's something to it. This measuring, this numbers game.、Uh, I remember with my sons, I used to sit with them, and we would take a piece of. Old cake or candy or something special that you know the pie and we would divide it exactly in half. We had to use a uh, uh, a little ruler, you know, measure, see that nobody got more than his or her share. Equal, 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 right? But when you talk about humans like、uh, men and women, boys and girls, it's so difficult for people to grasp this kind of thing. You know, I. I, the fight has started again over the pink and the blue.、Uh, the whole notion that we might have very different qualities at times, and that each one might be equally valuable.
somehow or another that just doesn't hang. There's a wonderful book I've used for years called Words and Women by uh, is it Kate Swift. The authors, I think, are, are dead now. Uh, the uh, little book explains that uh, masculine things in our language are by definition important where feminine things, by definition, are unimportant or trivial. <laughs> you know, you, 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 it's only been just the last couple of years you could describe a woman as strong, you know, the strength of woman. That's a different definition, but never mind. What I thought I would recommend as a uh, culture critic uh, for Women's Equality Day, I recommend... You check out TBS, um, Public Broadcasting TV has a show about Gloria Steinem. It's a biopic. Uh, God, what's the title? Good heavens, I think it just says Gloria Steinem. Uh, Gloria is 77 now, just like me. <laughs> All this woman stuff. Oh, yes, Woman's Equality Day. Ah, it isn't March. Oh, my God. I should do this in March when it's Woman's Month. Every day is Ladies' Day with me. Same old song. Same old, same old. Um, let's see. I'm still trying to think of the name of that glorious Stein. Oh, I know what it is. I remember. The title is In Her Own Words. That's important. Um, a good feminist friend of mine. Alice Malloy over at the Mama Bears store once. She said, be careful, Jennifer. Be careful. Do not let um, a gentleman uh, do your biography or, you know, write your story. Several times I have had little interviews, and I do notice, uh, with laudable exceptions, that there is a different tone, you know, uh, uh, fortunately, this biography or biopic of Gloria Steinem is very careful. They select very carefully among the the men um, to critique Gloria Steinem. Uh, basically, they are very sympathetic, simpatico. When they pick a guy, <laughs> it's usually to demonstrate how um, bizarre, uh, well, uh, the best example would be uh, Dick Nixon. They show Dick Nixon being interviewed, and they ask him what he thinks of the use of the term, the M.S. Ms., you know, Gloria Steinem's magazine. Anyway, whether he thought that that was a good idea, uh, as opposed to the use of Miss and Mrs., M-I-S-S and M-R-S. And Nixon smirks and says, well, you know... Maybe, perhaps I'm old-fashioned, but I prefer Miss or Mrs. And then we see him uh, in a conversation with Kissinger off the record, and he uses language that I cannot use here on KPFA, FCC Spank, uh, mostly the S word. But he was appalled, revolted that anybody would ask him such a stupid, silly question. And he has things to say about Ms. Steinem that shouldn't be repeated. I remember many years ago there was an act of parliament in Britain uh, that outlawed the use of MS. Uh, and they changed their minds. I think the 
the moment of change came when the New York Times decided that, uh, well, I don't know actually what they did decide. At one point they decided MS could be used in print in the New York Times if it was part of a quotation, okay? Now they've changed again, but we will see. You know how that is. Uh, <laughs> Gloria Steinem is curiously now uh, almost an elder, yes, at 77. She's old news. Uh, what I loved about the show, the hour documentary, I think it was an hour and a half, was that she described her feelings, her feelings about feminism as something that goes back to childhood, just that simple, straightforward notion that uh, women are people, you know, she said. Her feeling was to say to people, you're not the boss of me, I'm free. That's the one I taught my children, right? We used to say, who's the boss of it? Who's the boss of it? And the kid is supposed to say, you know, you are as long as you're paying the bills, mom. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't. I just said, remember, you're the boss of you, and that's why it's important what you do. Marlo Thomas came along. You remember she married Phil Donahue. He made a wonderful couple. Uh, they were included in the documentary on Gloria Steinem. Phil Donahue and Marlo Thomas as a couple, along with Gloria Steinem and her husband. She married at 66. Marlo Thomas did that wonderful song, Free to Be You and Me. You know the stuff for the children. Anyway, Gloria Steinem talked about her mother, uh, a key ingredient in her personality. She says her mother suffered what was called back in the day a nervous breakdown. Little Gloria grew up as a caretaker. We don't see her sister. She did have a sister help take care of mom at some point, at least at the time of mom's death. Uh... Anyway, Gloria Steinem uh, says that she even married a caretaker with her orientation as a child. At 66, she married this lovely man. He's shown together with her in an interview with Barbara Walters, Gloria and the Family Dog. Very generic uh, interview, uh, I guess the message is that you can have it all if you're willing to wait. <laughs> I don't know. 66 seems, well, no, no, comfort. Comfort in age is a wonderful thought, uh, that sort of thing. Of course, I'm afraid uh, destiny always plays tricks on uh, even, even terrific people like Gloria Steinem after... A few years of what was apparently a very, very happy relationship. Her husband developed a brain lymphoma and died, and she talks about his last year when he was very, very ill. Also, she speaks of the death of her father back in 1961. That's the same year my father died. Let's see, she would have been in her 20s, her late 20s. She, they show a telegram. He was in a county hospital uh, she says she regrets not going across the country to be with him uh, she says she thought that 
it might be like it was with her mother that she would have to take care of him and she regrets this she says uh, I thought about that a lot uh, she says her husband also well he died in a nursing home uh, anyway she says that it was scary taking care of her mom because she was so young uh, I don't know if you're psychiatrist you might say that she was a little bit in flight from life's worst anguish uh, on the other hand let's face it she did a pretty good job in the public sphere uh, oh yes it's hard to know you know stay at home and be the nurse or you know I used to say it's all very well staying home and making peanut butter sandwiches, but if the peanut butter is poisoned, you've got to get out in the big world and do something about that. I I think back and I remember my own anger with my mother when I was too young to really get away from her. I remember that her drinking was not just scary, it was somehow shameful. Yep, the guilt guilt women those of us born back in the 1930s most of us well some of us are scar tissue to the bone but there's no use uh, all that uh, nonsense about you know the past uh, most people today kind of know what hit them uh, Gloria Steinem was obviously a special a special individual she went to smith college she says that yes her um her father she says was always in debt and was a classic nice guy she points out carefully that she's not one of those women who uh went for difficult men or who picked um negative personal relationships she seems to have had a terrific uh personal life she was uh, a Phi Beta Kappa from Smith, right? Uh, being a journalist was a big deal for her. She says that she came to regret for a while the expose she did of the Playboy clubs back in the day when they were getting off the ground, you know. She said that while those articles put her on the map, it made her appear, well, not serious, you know. She's not a serious journalist, you know. It's like Geraldo Rivera kind of thing. Anyway, but later on, apparently, uh, it did mean that she was taken seriously, that she's a serious social commentator. You know, it was about the time when uh, women's issues went from being trivialized to being uh, heavy-duty uh, serious, you know, <laughs> When they when they go from ridicule to anger, that's when you know you've said something. Uh, I I'm not sure what is that. Uh, yes, first they laugh at you, then they condemn you, and then uh, in the last phase they decide that they were the ones who thought of your ideas themselves first. Right? Okay. I don't know. The documentary is basically sympathetic. It seems to be saying that uh, all this is in the past. That little, that, that, I didn't care for that. Uh, they tucked in some historical background. Now, that's what I wanted more of. I wanted them to go back at least a century to earlier feminist waves. You know, this, this uh, 
argument about the men and the women as old as the hills in my mother's day. It was kind of James Thurber kind of thing, you know, the battle of the sexes. People tried to use a sense of humor. Uh, uh, I, I loved the television series. I think it's the 70s. It was about the British suffragists, the Pankhursts. Uh, the Pankhursts were uh, uh, liberationists, let's call them, back before World War One, That show was called Shoulder to Shoulder. I don't know where that's available. There might be a DVD somewhere. Uh, I love the honesty and the, uh, uh, the grip they had on, uh, what do you call it, the personal individual lives of each of those women. Uh, Sean Phillips played Emmeline Pankhurst. I suppose she's the the matriarch. You remember her playing Livia in I, Claudius? The two daughters uh, have very different styles. One wanted to be an artist. The other is uh, a bit wicked. Christabel was the wicked one. She went to Paris and ran things from there. Uh, kind of, kind of, well, you know how that is. Um, I'm waiting for the plays and the stories in which we see, oh, Gloria Steinem contrasted with Alice Walker. Say, uh, Gloria Steinem put Alice Walker on the map when she featured her in Ms. Magazine. Uh, they are both major figures in the history of the women's movement, but with entirely different ways of uh, going about it. Gloria Steinem uh, had a hand in raising Alice Walker's daughter, Rebecca. She herself did not... Yeah, did not choose children. She mentions an abortion at the age of 22, just after she graduated from Smith. She said she endured that uh, abortion alone, without any support, uh, certainly without any family support. She says she didn't tell anyone at the time. Uh, uh, 22... Oh, golly, I got married at 23. That's where our roles went. Yes, very different directions. Anyway, uh, later on, she says, in 1973, Roe v. Wade freed women. Uh, we were no longer outlaws in our own country. Uh, she says that she was amazed at the togetherness that the women experienced. That was what was news for her, the coming together of women, the, uh, well, some people call it group think. I got a taste of that at San Francisco State, uh, 1974. The women demanded a major in women's studies, and we got it. Gosh. Uh, that was the era when the lesbian issue, the lesbian rights issue came to the attention of women everywhere, a lot of struggle there. Uh, you know the kind of thing, get the, you know, get the ERA first, get the Equal Rights Amendment first. Uh, always, uh, I think back to Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, they split over the Bible. Elizabeth Cady Stanton uh said, as I would say, that the Bible, the religious uh, 
edicts about women needed some uh, rewrites. Susan B. Anthony said, no, 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 leave religion out of it. Get the vote first. Uh, Elizabeth Cady Stanton rewrote the Bible for women. I love, I love her Bible. Anyway, in the 70s, let's see, 73, 74, so I was at the local women's newspaper called Plexus. Oh, that's a long story for another day. Uh, but I tried to do everything. I tried to keep up with uh, the other newspapers, uh, everything from uh, book reviews in the San Francisco Chronicle, film reviews in the Berkeley Monthly. Oh, no, that was the 80s, 81, 82, 83. Uh, but, you know, um, I didn't want, I was terrified, like so many women, that I would be... Uh, Limited, right? We were afraid we would be limited rather than liberated by the women's movement. We didn't want to be put in a box, you know. We didn't want people to have hardening of the categories. Uh, at the same time, I was enough of an, what is it, anarchist. Now, actually, I thought of myself as a socialist. I was actually an anarchist now that I look back. I wanted to do things entirely for love, uh, for the principle of the thing, not for the money. I wrote for a little paper called Grassroots. Uh, only the typesetter was paid. Always, yes, the real work, the typesetting. Right, uh, they got a paycheck, but in that era, 70s, 80s, anyway, I was still clinging to the notion that I was a generalist. I remember, who was it? Uh, it was probably was our senator, Diane Feinstein. She went over to my college, to Mills College, and she said uh, the secret was to be a specialist, to pick one one um, area of expertise and make your mark there. Uh, but if I remember the 1950s, the message I got from the professors, those Cassandras who taught me, my history, they said that we should be Renaissance women. Actually, I just wanted to live for the theater, but motherhood put a stop to that when I was 26. Ah, uh, what a flop I was. Uh, in the documentary, Gloria Steinem is portrayed uh, very carefully, as I said, in her own words. They did stick to that. They actually put her words... Um, on the screen, a very good idea with quotation marks around them so that the uh, viewer can understand what she was saying, literally. Uh, I think that's very important always when we talk about uh, women's role in history. Uh, they did, as I say, put the rude, unkind things in, at least enough to indicate the viciousness of the opposition to her ideas. Uh, it is fun to hear the uh, male outrage. Uh, it is true that some of that stuff would never, never get on public airways today. No guy would ever say those horrific things. Uh, remember what happened to Larry Summers? Yes, um, said that women couldn't do math, you know. Anyway, but the sad part is my own belief here in 2011 that if we look 
look inside, if we study, if we, what is it, if we look into the hearts of men, the dark hearts of some men, a lot of that kind of poison, that old poison, is still there. Yes, <laughs> not just the kind of Nixon nastiness, uh, or even even the Kissinger stuff. Kissinger was asked by an interview, he said, uh, they said, oh, is Gloria Steinem, you know, your girlfriend or uh, your date? He said, no, no. It, uh, he said, uh, yes, she, yes. I never had sex with that woman, right? No, he said he never went out with Gloria Steinem, but that, that did not discourage him, right? That cute stuff. Those are the guys to watch. Um, there's a bit about Bella Abzug in the documentary. She was one of those who helped Gloria Steinem to understand um, that first comes ridicule, then hostility. Mela Abzug had this wonderful husband, Martin. He was a lawyer like she was. He had her back. He was always there for her. Uh, <clears throat> You know, that's the kind of situation where, uh, you know, you always know that uh, opposition means you're getting somewhere. Uh, The recent backlash, what we hear in the news today, is mostly about motherhood and how we have misunderstood the uh, role of the mother. I don't know, there isn't much about the recent backlash in this uh, biopic Gloria Steinem in her own words uh, I was thinking about the young women I have an essay somewhere by Alice Walker's daughter Rebecca the one that uh, Gloria Steinem helped raise and I need to use that on the air she has many things to say about I guess we call it third, third wave feminists uh, you may remember Rebecca, in the movie Primary Colors, she played uh, the role of the young journalist on the radical black newspaper. Uh, She confronts her, well, her boyfriend uh, goes to work for the Democrats. That would be for Bill Clinton in the picture. Uh, She wants her boyfriend to follow the righteous road, and he's kind of caught, you know, between his ideals and the desire to win the election. Politics begins with a win, as Bill Clinton himself once said when he was asked. Just why does the right wing hate you so, he said. Because I won. So too with our present Democratic leader. We know that the right wing will do whatever it has to do to take him out. The president himself has said that the Republicans, the right wing, is not interested in governing. They didn't come to Washington for that. They came to Washington to get rid of him. I noticed that none of these Republican hitmen or women, Sharon Engel comes to mind, bother to particularize issues anymore. Apparently that got them into trouble. Uh, there was one woman, she, you remember, chickens for checkups. She's the woman who suggested that we barter with doctors for health care. Um, they're not making that mistake anymore. Uh, they don't make any more quaint references to the old days. Uh, I've got a whole essay here about the old days, about when my 
father was a doctor. There was a lot of barter in the old days, but that's completely beside the point. Today's Republican knows what you do is public relations. Do the same thing men did uh, to women for centuries and centuries. You simply say the same big lie over and over and over again until people, uh, people, just what is it? Uh, if they don't believe it, uh, they, what is it? Some, some of it, some of it sticks to the cerebral cortex, no matter how hard they try to scrub it off. Uh, Yes, Rick Perry will give us, (laughs) yes, will give us a shovel to dig our own grave this week. Uh, I'll be back on the air next Tuesday, if they don't get me. Until then, this has been Jennifer Stone. Go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Hi, I'm Brian DeShazer, director of the Pacifica Radio Archives. Ten years after the tragedy of 9-11, Pacifica Radio will present a national broadcast featuring special programming from each Pacifica radio station and the archives that examines its impact on American society. We invite you, the listener, to be part of the Pacifica Radio Archives Hour by including your voice along with those of Stephen Rohde, Howard Zinn, Maxine Waters, June Jordan, Bertrand Russell, Jermaine Greer, and many others. Tell us about how you heard about the attack, what you did, how you feel ten years later, or perhaps you heard something on Pacifica Radio that was extraordinary. The subject is wide open. Call us at 1-800-735-0230. We want to hear how 9-11 changed your life or your worldview. These will be part of the commemoration broadcast on September 11, 2011. The message number again